Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Barry is away on vacation, and I have the privilege of speaking with you this morning. A uh, special greeting to those of you that are joining us online. And I, I got to tell you, one of the cool things, you, don't, we don't, you guys don't always get to see what happens behind the scene. But speaking of uh, our online audience, um, one of the people that got baptized this morning fl- is, watches online, uh, recently became a follower of Jesus Christ, flew here from Florida to get baptized live here in our service. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, that is, uh, that is, that's pretty stinking cool. So we're in a series called Divine Questions. These are questions that God asks us and he already knows the answer. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to love and play hide and seek. Anybody like that game, play hide and seek? Come on, hide and seek, right? Well, I love playing the game, I just didn't want to be it, right? I didn't want to be, you know, because someone's got to be it. You get all your friends together, and, and you, know, you know how you figure that out, right? What if you're not it, right? And the person that says that last is it. I say, hey, who wants to play hide and seek? I do, one, two, three, not it. Not it, not it, not it. Oh, last one gets picked. Today is going to feel a lot like one, two, three, not it. Because the question that we're going to um, jump into is a question that is it's going to feel very churchy. Uh, if you've grown up in the church, you've heard this question a lot. Uh, and, <laughs> and there's going to be a point where you're just going to go, not it. Like it's just, you know, some, someone else can do it. Anybody but me. In Isaiah chapter 6, he has this vision. Isaiah has this vision and he sees God in heaven and there's this conversation going on. And God says, rhetorically, and I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. So God asked the question, who, who will I send? He was talking about there, there's people on earth that, that don't know about me. Who can I send to go tell them about me? One, two, three, not it. Right? I mean, oh, we're in church. No, 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 over here am I, send me. But in our heart, we're like, ugh. There's so many, I mean, I mean, I get it. Yes, we want to go tell people about Jesus, but, ooh, man, me? Ah. Well, there's two things I want to unpack this morning before we jump into uh, our message. Uh, two words that you've heard before, but we're going to kind of define them this morning so you understand where we're going. The first word is um, a call. Okay, a call. A call means to make a request or a demand. When God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? That, that's the call, the, the call of God. He's, he's making a request or a demand. And the second part of this is a calling. Now, a calling is a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. So it's, it's, it's a conviction of I'm compelled, I need to go do this. It's Isaiah's response. Here I am, send me. Now Jesus says it differently. Jesus kind of combines all of this into one in a very familiar passage, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You, you've heard that. If you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard this, this passage. In Matthew, it's called the Great Commission. 
Go into all the world and, and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Now, we, we know that. We know that that's a calling for us, but whew, hearing it and doing it, man, there, there can be a very, I know in my life, there can be a very wide gap between what if I do it wrong? What if I say the wrong thing? Well, you know, what if they ask me some, something about revelation? Like, well, you know, what, what about this? And what if I don't have all the answers? And uh, what if I say it wrong? And we can, we can talk ourselves in or out of just about anything. Well, here's our central point. The two questions we want to answer this morning. How do you view the gospel? And what are you going to do about it? Because you get to decide. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a call that God says, who, who will go? Whom shall I send? So how do you view the gospel, really? And then once you figure that out, what are you going to do about it? So what is the gospel? Well, it's defined as good news. It's the good news. Well, good news, I mean, I have good news. I, I got a new car. <laughs> I, I got a raise. We're going on vacation. I mean, I, I've got good news. There's all kinds of good news that, that, that happens. Uh, you know, I woke up this morning. You know, there's all kinds of good news. Well, that's good news that will change my life. But the good news of the gospel will change my eternity. You see the difference? And so when we're talking about good news, this is the news that when given and received will change the course of a person's life in the here and now, but more importantly, it will change the course of their eternity. It's, uh, the good news is a passage that you see it throughout the New Testament. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, when the angels came to the shepherds and they said, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's the same word. Good news. I, I'm bringing salvation. The, the, the good news of the gospel. Well, so, so what is the gospel? I mean, if you had to explain it, how, how would you explain it? What, what is the gospel? Well, what, I, I want to just kind of walk us through the gospel. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you have a better explanation. But I want to walk you through, like, this is the gospel broken down step by step. Here's the first thing. We were made for a relationship with God. Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. We are made in the image of God. If you go all the way back to the beginning, before sin entered the world, we were created to have a relationship with God. We walked with God. Adam and Eve hung out with God. They did all kinds of cool stuff together. Adam and God were having conversations when Adam was naming all the animals. I mean, there was a relationship there. We were made for a relationship with God. We were created in the image of God. Here's the second thing. Mankind sinned, and our sin separates us from God. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you don't believe that everyone is a sinner, I challenge you, go work in the nursery holding crying babies. Okay? <laughs> or go be in a delivery room and listen for the sound of a newborn baby. We come down the water slide of life selfish, right? No one has to teach us that. We are, we are born sinners. We have a sin nature. No one has to teach us how to be selfish. We are selfish. And that sin separates us from God. God is holy. We are not. 
Now, the difficulty is we were made in the image of God, so there's this longing to, to go to a God or, or a utopia or, or a something. We know that there's something missing in our lives, and oftentimes we try to fill it with things. Fame, wealth, notoriety, likes on Facebook, you know, all kinds of things. that we fill. And then we get to the end of it, we find that it's empty. Well, it's empty because we were made to have a relationship with God, but our sin separates us. And there's nothing that we, as human sinners, can do about it. Okay, the third thing. Because of our sin, we need someone to pay for our sin, our debt. We need someone to pay for our sin. Because as a sinner, if I stop sinning right now, and I live the rest of my life perfect, am I still a sinner? This is where you say yes. Yes. You're like, Kevin, I know you. You're 100% a sinner, right? I'm a sinner. Even if I stop sinning today, because of my sin nature, I am a sinner, and I cannot pay my debt. I can't be good enough. I can't give enough. I can't serve enough. I can't memorize enough scripture. I can't do all of these things because all the things that I do, I'm still in my sin. And that separates me from God. But God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ was the one that came and paid our sin, our debt. Here's the next thing. God provides a restored relationship with us through Jesus. Romans 6.23, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Christ is the one that bridges the gap. God provides a restored relationship. So, so just wrap your head around this for a second. As sinful as we are, God being holy knowing that we are made in his image, and he looks at us, and Kevin, I want a relationship with you, and I know that you can't come to me. I know that there is nothing that you can do to come to me, but I want to have a relationship with you, Kevin. And Jesus says, I'll go. I'm the only one that can, that, that can solve this problem. I'll go. So Jesus comes to earth. He lives a, a sinless life. He willingly gets on a cross, he dies for my sin. He rises from the dead to pay for my sin. And because of that, if I accept this free gift of salvation, this payment, if I accept that, my relationship with God is restored through Christ. Think of the cross going between the gap between God and Kevin. I go through Jesus Christ. I walk right across the cross. Because of Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then here's the last part. We accept or reject God's free gift of salvation. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is not an ego trip. That is Jesus pleading with man saying, look, in this world, you're going to find a lot of things that you're going to try to fulfill this void in your life. You're going to do a lot of things. You're going to say a lot of things. You're going to try a lot of things. But I'm telling you, the only way you're going to get that, that need filled in your life is through me. Because I'm the one 
that God has sent to restore this relationship with the Father. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I've heard this, you know, question before, you know, how, how come God sends people to hell? Well, I, I don't believe that God sends people to hell. I believe that man chooses hell. I want you to think about that. Because God does not force the gospel. Because then we'd be robots. Then it wouldn't be relationship, it would be duty. He doesn't force the gospel on people. He compels people to accept the free gift. If I, if I were to hand you, Jeff, the, the keys to my car, and go, here, here, here are the keys. I can't force you to go out and grab and get in my car, but as soon as you take the keys, it's a gift, it's now yours. I need to write home, I can't do that to you. But, but you get the idea, right? So, so God's not going to jam salvation down our throats. He says, here it is. You choose. You choose. Which is why when mankind steps out into eternity, and the Bible says that nobody has an excuse because you either accept this free gift or you reject this free gift. You either say, I want a relationship with you, God, through Jesus Christ, or you go, nope, I'm going to do it on my own. You get to choose. And in that choice provides your eternal destiny. Those aren't my words, that's scripture. We accept or reject God's free gift of salvation. I, I want to unpack this because this verse right here, Romans 10, 9, and 10, can get a little uh, confusing to, to people. So I'm going to do my best this morning to try to unpack it. So Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Let's go, back, let's go through this phrase by phrase. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, here's what that means. By confessing, by proclaiming, by saying this, I am saying that I am in agreement that Jesus is God's one and only son. That he is my savior, that he is Lord. Not, not, of, just, uh, not of everything, but of, of me. I, I've tried running my life my own way and it sure didn't turn out well, which is why I need a savior. So when I confess with my mouth that, that Jesus is Lord, I am saying that Jesus is God's son, He's in charge of my life, and I will follow him. And then it goes on and says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Here's what, here's what that means. I agree that Jesus is the one, to me, is the only one who can pay for my sins. Jesus is the only one. I am not good enough. There isn't anything that I can do. I, I can't earn it. That's why when we talk to people about, about getting baptized, people, you know, is baptism part of salvation? No, it's not. Because if it was, that would be, that means I have to do something. That is works related. That I somehow bring something to the table. Uh, let me remind you, I'm a sinner. I bring nothing to the table. Baptism is an outward sign of salvation, of relationship with God. But me on my own, uh, there's nothing I can do to earn salvation. It's a gift. And by saying that I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I am saying that I agree that Jesus is the only one who can pay for my sins. 
And the verse goes on and says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. That word saved means that I accept God's free gift of salvation, that I make it my own. That is not my, my parents' faith or Grace Point's faith or the, or the VBS, backyard VBS that I did's faith. It's, it's my faith that I accept this free gift of salvation. That I want my relationship with God restored. That this void in my life is now filled with Christ and with Christ alone. Friends, when that happens, and, my, and I hope and I pray that all of you in here and watching online, I hope that you have accepted God's free gift of salvation. I hope that the gospel is a personal thing and not just something that you see John 3.16 in a football game and wonder, what is that all about? Because I'm telling you, the gospel changes everything. The gospel changes everything. The gospel will take someone whose life is going this way and completely turn it around and go this way. The, the, the gospel frees us from our sin. The gospel gives us hope for eternity. The gospel allows us that when we face crisis in our life, we know that we're not facing it alone because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Because my relationship with God is restored because of the gospel. The gospel changes everything. I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in other people's lives. And I hope that you have too. Because of Christ, because of the free gift of salvation, because of the gospel, we are compelled, those of us that accept this free gift of salvation, we are compelled to go and to share that with other people because of what it has done in our lives. When I accept the gospel, it, be, it, do, it becomes my calling in life. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> As I'm preparing for this message, I, I am not making this up. Preparing for this message, I got a phone call. We got a phone call at the office this um, uh, Thursday. So Thursday's my Friday, and it's Thursday afternoon. So it's like the end of the day. So it's like, you know, Friday afternoon. I mean, come on, it's Friday afternoon at work. You're not the most productive. Come on, right? <laughs> Did I mention I'm a sinner? Right? So come on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to leave. It's been a long week. And there's this, there's this email that goes out. Hey, there, there's someone that called the office. That they're, they're struggling with something. Um, they need a phone call. And I sat at my desk and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm sensing that I, I really think you need me to, to reach out to this person. So I did. I, I, I called and left a voice message. Now, I will tell you, there's a part of me was kind of going, okay, voice message. I did what I was supposed to do Friday, you know. But as I'm leaving, I said, I said to Catherine, I go, look, if, if this person calls, call, call me. Let me know. So I, I'm, I'm driving home. I didn't even get home. My phone rings. This person called back. Wound up talking to this person on the phone. And as we're having this conversation, and this person is kind of um, unpacking some of the things that are going on. I said, well, let me tell you what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Let me tell you how Jesus Christ has impacted my life. Let me tell you how Jesus has worked in my life in that very situation that, that you're facing, because I've faced it too. And as we have this conversation, the person on the other end of the phone, I'm, I'm not making this up, says, I want to do that. And on, <laughs> and on the phone, this person prays, and says, Jesus, please come into my life and save me. I want this free gift of salvation. And as this person was done praying, and I love to ask this question, 
How do you feel? And the person said, relieved. That's the gospel. Now, did the person's problems magically go away? No, of course not. You know, what happened is yesterday is still present today, but what this person now knows is that I'm not gonna go through this alone, that my life is different, that the gospel has changed my life, and I don't even know what that means yet. It's all brand new, but I don't know. All I know is, man, something's happened in my life. That's because all the things that I was filling my life with, with this void of God, when I fill it with the gospel, my relationship with God is restored and everything changes. Everything changes. Jesus in Mark chapter 16, excuse me, verse 15 says this. He says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That word go, that word go requires movement. It means I got to go do something with it. I I have to move in a direction towards something. The word world, go into all the world. That world, world in the Greek is cosmos. Where has God placed you? Because your world looks differently than my world. Where you work is different than I work. Where you, where you eat is different than where I eat. Your neighborhood looks different than mine. Your friends are different than mine. Where is your cosmos? Where has God called you? Where, what does your world look like? Because I think oftentimes when we hear the gospel, when we go into all the world, I remember as a kid, I was thinking, man, I don't want to go to the backside of nowhere and be a missionary in some, you know, foreign land. Like, I, I don't want to do that. God bless our missionaries. I, 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 that is not what God has called me to do. We need people to do that. But that's not what this verse is saying. When Jesus says, go into all the world, what he's saying is, look, I have placed you certain places in Kitsap County where you work. Do you think of it, it's an accident that you live where you live? That, that your neighbors are who they are? That your friends who don't yet know Jesus are your friends? Do you think that's just happenstance? No. That is your world. I, I, <laughs> I apologize for saying this, but it's going to be in your head the rest of the day. I think Mr. Rogers got it right. Who are the people in your neighborhood, right? You're welcome for that. But, but, but who are they? Do you know your neighbors? Do you even know their names? I mean, that, that's an easy place to start. Who are the people that God has placed you around? Go into all the world. R- write down a name. Make, make it personal. Think of one person in your life that doesn't know Jesus. That's your cosmos. And then he goes on to say, and, and proclaim. That word proclaim means to make known publicly, to preach. You go, oh, this is where we lose people. Oh, I'm no preacher. My sister-in-law um, recently, uh, my brother's sister-in-law just surprised me a couple weeks ago for my birthday. And um, I was showing them around. I'm almost done, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> couldn't let it go. It was right there. Um, <laughs> uh, my sister-in-law came in here. There's nobody in the room. My sister-in-law came in here, and I said, hey, do you, I said, Maureen, do you want to come stand on the stage? She said, absolutely not. She said, no way. I don't even want to be on a, no way. She's like, just being in front of, on, a, on this kind of a setting terrifies me. And I think when we read this in the gospel, we go, I am no preacher. Let me ask you a question. Have you had a conversation this week with someone about politics, about 
food, your favorite restaurant, something that you saw on the internet, the weather. Congratulations, you have preached. You are proclaiming a message. Don't get hung up on this grandiose thing of, oh, I'm no preacher. You are. You're proclaiming news. That's all, the, that's all Jesus is talking about. You're proclaiming the news. Look, I do not have the power to change anyone's life. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I can influence people's lives, but I can't change anybody's life. You can influence people's lives, but you can't change anyone's life. Jesus Christ is the only one who can change a life. It takes the pressure off. So Jesus goes on to say, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. The gospel. Well, I don't know what to say to someone. I, I, don't, I, I, don't know how to do, I don't know how to do that. We're actually going to offer a class this evening. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. About how to share the gospel. It's way easier than you think it is. But I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what to say to someone. Or we go, well, well you don't know my past. You, I mean, you know, you, you, you don't know, you know, my present. You know, like you don't know my life. Like, uh, other people, I'm sure, will do a much better job. I'm, I'm an introvert or I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I stutter. I'm, I'm super afraid of, you know, this is going to happen or, or, or that's going to happen. Hey, friends, let me just remind you of something. The, the gospel changes everything, including you. Do you think the Holy Spirit is the one telling you you're not good enough? You, you think the Holy Spirit is the one going, yeah, you're terrible. <laughs> not you. Jesus was talking to everybody but you. Look deep in the Greek, your name is there. No, what? For all who have accepted the free gift of God's salvation through Jesus Christ, the gospel. This is a calling. Jesus died for everyone on the cross. Let me say it this way. Satan, Satan knows your name and he calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin and he calls you by your name. Right? Right? That's the gospel. So when, when you feel this compelled to, to share what Jesus Christ is doing in your life and, and fear starts jumping in, that is not of the Lord. That is Satan whispering in your ear. Why? Because Satan doesn't want people to hear the gospel because he knows the impact of eternity. <clears throat> For those of you that have accepted God's free gift of salvation, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Somebody told you, Sunday school teacher, VBS, maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a revival, maybe it was a friend, a coworker, a neighbor. Someone told you, someone answered the call so that you could hear the gospel. What do you want to do with the gospel? What do you want to do with it? Because the same... The same gospel that has changed your life has the power to change other people's lives. And Jesus is just calling us to go and tell other people. Will you answer the call? Well, okay, so, so what do I do? 
how, 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 how do I do this? Do I go stand on the corner with a megaphone and, you know, I have my own opinions about that. I won't share that in here. Okay. Um, but here, here, let me give you two things I think you should do. The first thing, most important thing is start with prayer. Pray. Pray. God, I, I want to start taking the gospel seriously. <laughs> I want to take it seriously. And I'm terrified. I, I, I'm nervous, God. And, and by the way, God's not going to go, oh, what? I had no idea. He's God, okay? He knows that you're nervous. It, it's, it's okay, but talk to him about it. Start praying about it. Listen to this, John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Uh, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we have asked of him. Is telling people about the gospel part of God's will, yes or no? Is telling people about the gospel part of God's will? Yes, yes. You want to see an answer to prayer? Pray that. You are literally praying for God's will. You want to, you want to put scripture to the test? Pray that prayer. God, I need to be more aware of the gospel. I, I, I want to start telling people. That is a big, huge prayer. God, would you bring someone across my path today that I could share the gospel? And watch what he does. God wants to use you in a huge way. Take a step of faith and watch what God does. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to make a plan. Who's the one person in your life? Who's your cosmos? Who's the one person? Think of one person in your life that doesn't know Jesus. Start praying for them. God... God, give me an opportunity to, to share your truth with them. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Well, as, we were, as I was putting all this together, I thought, okay, I think it's disingenuous to say, hey, we need to start sharing the gospel and, and not have an opportunity. So you'll notice in your program and on the screens, there's a QR code. I've never done this before. We're going to see if it works. There's a QR code. Tonight, 6 o'clock in here, I'm going to teach a class called How to Share Your Faith. We call it Lifestyle Evangelism. It's super easy. It, it, don't be intimidated by the gospel. But if you want to take a step towards sharing your faith, you can sign up right now. Grab your phone. Scan this code. It's in your program. It's going to take you somewhere. But you can only sign up this morning because we've got to figure out how to get all the materials ready for tonight. So you can only sign up this morning. If you don't have a smartphone with you, you can go to the guest service counter when we're done. You can sign up manually. God bless you. You can sign up manually out there. But we, we don't want to just say, hey, go share the gospel and good luck, be warm and filled. If you come tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to, to learn a very simple way to present the gospel. And then tonight you'll have several times that you'll get to share the gospel in a room full of people that are just as terrified as you are. It's going to be fun. We'll have a great time. But come back tonight. God, God says, who will go? Whom shall I send? Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. Friends, I hope that is your answer.
because God has called us who are followers of Jesus, who have had our relationship stored with him. He is calling us into a world that desperately needs to hear the gospel. And he wants to use you regardless of your past, regardless of what happened, regardless of what's going on in your life. That's the power of the gospel that's changed you. Will you heed the call? If you're here this morning and you're like, man, I, I've never heard the gospel before. Right now in this moment, you can very simply accept God's free gift of salvation. Just like this phone call I had on Thursday. It's very simple. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I can't get to God on my own. I know that you're the only way. Will you please come into my life and save me of my sins? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I accept your free gift of salvation. I want a restored relationship with God. Jesus, you're the only one that can give it to me. Please save me. And the Bible says, just like that, you are a child of the King of kings and Lord of lords. The gospel in and of itself is a very simple, beautiful process that God gives to us. We have a tendency to make it difficult because we get in our own heads. Friends, who will go? My hope and my prayer is that this week, here I am, Lord, send me. And I can't wait to hear the stories how God is going to use you in this community to spread the gospel. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've called us to tell others about you. I thank you for the gospel, Jesus. I know how it has changed my life. I pray for my friends that are here. I, I pray everyone in this room knows you personally. And if they don't, I pray that today is the day that they say yes to you, Jesus. But Father, I, I pray for those that are followers of you, Jesus, that will take this seriously. That we won't look at it as, oh, the professional Christians can do it. Oh, oh someone else can do it. My life group leader can do it. The, the, the people in children's ministry can do it. The youth leaders can do it. No. Jesus, you've called me to do it. And I pray that you would give us the boldness to tell others how you have radically changed our lives. And we will rejoice over what you're going to do through our obedience. In Christ's name we pray, amen.